I'm an Enneagram 8. You can't tell me what to do. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kid's pastor share their messy attempt at raising a Christ-centered family. We may not know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos. I am Kathleen here with my husband, (laughs) Joel. And today we are um, going to have kind of a loose format going over an article about the best parenting advice that this particular author has received. And um, we're going to talk about why our advice is better. No, we're going to talk about, oh. well, actually, we're going to talk about the irony that we're not great at taking advice, uh, <laughs> even though we are kind of doing an advice podcast. But before we get to that, it is time for the family check-in. And that's good advice to check in with your family. In fact, now more than ever. Oh, don't now more than ever (laughs) me. I am so sick of the commercials that are like, we're all in this together. Now more than ever, we need each other. And they have that like same voice and the tinkling piano music in the background. (laughs) You know what though? Beautiful landscapes. Whether or not we need each other now more than ever, we should be checking in with yeah, each other. Yeah, we should be checking in. Make sure but everyone is okay. Just know that if you use the phrase now more than ever or like never before, or what's the other one that people are doing, especially now <laughs> um, in front of me, you are going to get a massive eye roll. So now more than ever, how are you doing? Uh, I'm having a better week actually than last week. I just had an epiphany about my schedule that I think is going to make a big positive difference. Wasn't epiphany a couple months ago? I'm going to side note that if you are not a church calendar nerd, Epiphany is the week after Christmas where we celebrate the wise men. I mean, basically, that's what it is. And that's why he made that terrible joke. And hey, FYI, it's May. So I know it feels like we just had Christmas, but no, months have now melted by and it is almost summer, um, which is blowing. We've been quarantined for years now, I feel. It's, It's well over 50 days at this point. Which is cool. Um, <laughs> so if this check-in is weird and you're listening to this from the far future of like 2022. Oh. And you're like, why are they so, oh, right. Yeah, no, this is the day 50-ish of the 2020. That God, let's hope it only lasts through 2020. COVID-19 uh, shelter in place in the state of California and all over the country and all over the world. And we're a little fried. Um, and our advice is um, a little colored by this very big thing going on in the world. Um, but this episode is meant to have general application so that we don't have to talk for an hour about coronavirus. Because <laughs> I don't want to. Anything but. It's, yeah, it's hard. I had a pretty good week otherwise. My episode of your brother's podcast came out and that was exciting. It was exciting. I literally yeah. just finished listening to it. How was it? It was good. One of your stories was so factually wrong that it, it actually hurt my heart. Or was it right wrong on purpose? Were the facts wrong or was the truth right? Sometimes you tell stories to tell a truth and the facts are not what Were you're... you protecting the identity of the person? By oh, tra- yeah, absolutely. Okay, I was just like, I was worried about your mental health because it was so far off. I think I remember what I, story you're talking about. And oh, yeah, I definitely didn't want to. You changed, yeah, some key facts and I couldn't believe that you didn't know them. And one of them was a little awkward that you changed i'll talk to you about it later though (laughs) if you haven't heard kathleen's brother's podcast 
it's actually a lot warning, like warning there's some ours, profanity involved but with no kids and more profanity and also less jesus i i love listening to yours because he talks about his agnosticism and his open mind the whole thing about everything it's it's just funny from a christian standpoint you listen to each one of the the episodes and i think yeah and jesus answers this <laughs> but that's cool because <laughs> Because he is so good-hearted and open-minded that I don't like yes. I don't feel the need to fight with him about it. And his podcasts are very thoughtful, but there are a lot of naughty words. They're very funny though. He's funnier than us. Oh yeah, he's very funny. But looks aren't everything. <laughs> oh, also he doesn't make epiphany puns, so why even listen to yeah. it? Yeah. What, what is the looks aren't everything? He's very funny. What does that have to do with looks aren't everything? Don't worry, babe. Brains aren't everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't get it. Once we reviewed the podcast, we realized that we went on and on and on about my brother's podcast and did not once drop the name. The podcast is the Be Better Stupid Podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and any other place you would look for podcasts. And as a warning, we are a Christian podcast, and this one is so not. Super interesting, super thought-provoking, but please be aware that the language is also crazy, and the ideas are not through the lens of Jesus Christ. Good luck with that. Hopefully it doesn't break your brain. Today's uh, episode is all about a, an article that Joel looked up and sent me um, called dun, da, 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 The Best Parenting Advice You've Ever Received, written by Michelle Wu on May, 5th, May 10th, 2019. It's posted on uh, lifehacker.com, and it is the source material for this podcast. Yeah. So good job. Michelle Wu. Before we get to Michelle Wu's advice, I don't know why it's I not said, Michelle Wu's advice. It's the advice given I don't know to why Michelle I said Wu. It all weird like that. But anyways, before we get to Michelle Wu's advice, is there any good parenting advice that you've gotten? Uh, no, um, no. I, in everything that I do, need to experience it for myself before I form an opinion on it. And when you asked me this question in prep, I was like, oh, I, I don't take advice on on anything except for things that I'm a complete, like I have no forward progress. I'm like, if you were like, Oh, why don't you do some financial planning? I'm like, Oh, I don't know how to do any of that. Or like, Oh, why don't you buy health insurance? And I'm like, Oh, but even then I'm going to Google it and like do my research and I'm going to go forward. I'm not going to ask anyone for help. That's just how I am. I don't like asking for help and I don't like taking advice. And before I became a parent, didn't read any parenting advice books. And it shows. I've only read one since then and that's because we have a kid that is an absolute pistol and i felt the need to figure out how to manage him how to muzzle a pistol yeah how about you what's the best have you received any good advice i i have i think actually i'm gonna give my dad credit even though he'll never listen Uh, to this i know but his advice was always look your kids are gonna be who your kids are and they come out and like you roll the dice and you get the kids you get So you got to deal with the kids you got. And some kids are going to react well to one thing. And then the next kid is going to react really badly to that thing. And I think our kids specifically in the way they deal with the world, just the way, not even the way, like not that one's good, one's bad, but the way they process and interact the world. One's easy and one is hard, but yes. (laughs) One's more mellow and one's more active. They all have their role in the kingdom. But even just the way they, like, they work through things or the way you need to tell them what's happening. We were just talking about how with Dane, you need to set a timer. 
And if you set a timer and say, hey, you get to watch TV for five more minutes, starting timer for five minutes, that that locks in his brain that this is what we're doing. These are the rules. These are the, this is the way the game is played. And then the timer goes off and he's good. But if you just tell him, hey, we're done with TV for now, he has a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Whereas Levi just doesn't, timers, bimers, whatever, he doesn't care. Those good old bimers. Yeah. You tell him, look, <laughs> it's time to go. And he goes, well, time to go. Or he doesn't want to go. Whether you've set an expectation Levi, for him or not just, is neither here nor there. He melts down, and you say, "If you go in the ne- if you go into the next room, I'll give you a jelly bean." And he literally the meltdown stops immediately, and he runs into the next room. Also, have had some good luck with last one in the la- the room will be last. He just and, like he just is he needs to different. be distracted. He's different than his brother is yes. my point, and that was good advice, and it's worked out well for our kids. It's accurate. I feel like it's intuitive that people are different than other people, but I think you what you you it get what is you get. But you kind of expect like, oh, this is what you have your first one. You're like, okay, this is what kids are like, because it's your only experience being a parent, and like you just need to remember, Ain't no kid like Dane Demant. Also, the best parenting advice I never got that I wish I had. People warned me before I had kids. Having kids is going to be hard. They warned me that having kids was going to be gross. There was going to be a lot of gross stuff. There's going to be a lot of hard stuff. Long nights, you know, hard on your sleeve. Like, it's just they're going to break your heart all the time. Pee in your mouth. Yeah. But, whoa, no. I never had that one. Mm. No one told me boys. how weird it was going to be. Speaking of. Like, no one told me, like, oh, yeah, there's going to be times where you just, like, stare at your spouse and go, Okay. Yeah, that's I love, a thing that just happened. We love. Don't you think the weird moments are oh, some I of the love best the weird moments? moments? But it's so weird. Be, the weird moments are the best because what's weird is your kid's unique perspective and personality manifesting itself. And when they say or do something that is absolutely unexpected, your heart goes, "That's you. You didn't learn that from me, and you didn't learn that from your dad, and you didn't learn that at school. Like something just came." From you, and that feels like a miracle to me. The weird is, it's one of my favorite parts of being yeah, a parent. It's so fun, but I was unprepared for it. So let's get to the actual article advice that we came to talk about. It's just one of those, you know, you become a parent and people give you lots of advice. And so here is the best advice that this author collected and what we think of it. <laughs> so, number one. Survive in advance. My husband's favorite thing to say when our kids were small was survive in advance. Take it one day at a time. Don't worry about anything out of your control. Feed, change, sleep. That was our mantra. What do you think of that advice? I think it's, um, a, I mean, actually, you know what? It's good as a, a mantra. It's not good as a parenting strategy. Um, when you're in the moment when, for example, a three-month-old child pees into your face and some of that pee goes into your mouth. Survive in advance is um, a reassuring great thing um, to get you going forward, Um, but it's not a long-term solution to big problems. Um, If your kid is really not sleeping um, and you're not sleeping and your marriage is falling apart because you're a miserable person when you don't sleep, saying survive in advance we'll get through this time. It's like, well, maybe you'll have a four and a half year old that won't be sleeping. And it's like, I think the idea of, of, of not, it just implies to me that you're not going to strategize. And maybe that's just reading too far into it. 
no, I think that's fair that it's a it's a good moment to moment. How am I going to get through this day? But at the end of the day, you still have to stop and say, okay, I survived the day. How do I prevent this day from happening again? Yeah, and you may not be able to do it, but I, like I think sanity requires you to keep changing your tact. Like yeah. <laughs> otherwise, and do more than just survive. You can't just survive life. You have to be able to figure out how to move through life in a positive way. So the next question is then, what does Jesus think of the advice <laughs> to survive and advance? Um, and I think his his response would be like. You don't, you don't have to do it that way. There's never a feeling or a point in the Bible where Jesus wants us to just grit our teeth, um, tough it out on our own and survive until the next minute. Like Jesus wants us to live in the fullness of his love. He says like, when things are hard, put it on me and I will carry it for you. So the idea of this kind of like, just get through it, push through and, um, like it'll be over soon. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. not what Jesus calls us to and not what Jesus wants for us. That doesn't mean like in the moment you can't kind of, I don't know. I, it does actually have kind of an unbiblical ring to it um, because it, because it puts it on mm-hmm. you to survive. Yeah. And the, I mean, there's this whole song about it. Turn to God in prayer, right? We have trials and tr- temptations. There's trouble everywhere, but do not be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. It's a good song. It's an old song. Now, us saying it, that that is an unbiblical standpoint is not saying that, like, if you did it, it's bad. It's just this idea, like, you can, guess what? Jesus got a lot of grace for things like that. Yeah. But it's just like, that is not the way we are meant to live. So doing it occasionally, all of us try to do things on our own all the time, every day. That is this, the nature of sin. That is the nature of who we are. But um, I guess the message is not, that it's bad when you grit your teeth and get through something, but that it's not necessary. Number two, you don't have to love it. This was a huge eye-opener. Sometimes being pregnant, having an infant, or a kid isn't fun. In fact, it sucks. Too often, people act and make it look like it's all rainbows and unicorns instead of poop, spit up, and crying. Every stage has its crappy parts. It's okay if you're not loving all of it. Amen. <laughs> no, uh, when we talked about this earlier, one of the things um, that gave me a lot of peace was this acknowledgement that I did not enjoy mothering babies. I hear stories about women who like, oh, I just love the smell of their head and I just love their frail little alien bodies or whatever <laughs> people are into about babies. I'm not into babies that way. I love kids. I love kids once they hit about 18 months old and you can see that spark come into their eyes. And I love all kids that are younger than that. But I did not love being a mom. I hated nursing. I hated being up all the time and being exhausted all the time for, you know, not just for me, it was a matter of four years instead of two years because we did the back to back thing. And um, I, that, that was a very, very hard and I would say dark time for me. And when I was able to say to people, you know what? I'm not a baby person. I was like, oh, I am free of having to pretend that I am a baby person. I never felt the need to pretend I was a baby person. (laughs) I do think that there is a tendency among parents to talk about the bad parts of parenting in kind of a jokey way and not really get into the like, oh, yeah, no, 
I haven't slept and I'm super depressed because of lack of sleep and our marriage is kind of on the rocks because we're yelling at each other a lot. Yeah. And that part we skip over. And it kind of goes back to you don't have to do this alone. Other people have gone through this. Like God is watching. It's okay to ask for help when things get hard. And it's okay to say, look, this isn't fun. My kid is driving me nuts. I need sleep. I need help. And and there's like so much value in living um, authentically around um, just living authentically in general. Like the way you're able to interact with people and the way you're able to glorify God through your actions and your parenting when you are being your true self um, is so much more meaningful and so much more compelling. And when you are hiding a part of yourself because you think that um, the world has an expectation that you're going to enjoy every part of what is the hardest job in the entire world, then you are limiting your ability to connect with other people and you're limiting your ability to love other people well. Number three, your child or your spouse, I added that part, <laughs> isn't giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. Sometimes your kid's going to have big emotions. This phrase always helped me focus my attitude. How can I help him instead of, oh my God, he's driving me nuts, which could apply to your kids or your spouse. How does it apply to your spouse? <laughs> you actually have always been like the level-headed one in this situation. And I think part of the reality of that is that I'm the one that lost most of the sleep because I was a pseudo stay-at-home-ish parent to our babies. and. Um, was the person that was up in the middle of the night with them all the time. Not because like we thought that that should happen, but because I almost exclusively nursed both kids um, and Levi until he was two years old. That was a bad decision you made on your own. No, I just couldn't stop. I didn't know how to stop. (laughs) Um, He'd follow me into the room with my Kindle and the nursing pillow and like, like stalk me through the house. And, um, it was a thing. Um, but it meant that my behavior was unrelated to your behavior. (laughs) I was terrible when I was tired and it had nothing to do, um, or very little to do with the things that you had failed to do or the expectations that you had failed to meet. But circling back to the actual advice, this is the piece of advice I think in the whole article that I really just agree with and have no critique of that. Yeah. Sometimes your kid is just, especially lately, they're tired. They're isolated. They're losing their minds. They're a little cabin fevery and they're sensitive. And it's it's, so funny. I think they're doing better on the whole in terms of like fits and they just seem easier to me. They've been having more, not longer, but more like when they don't instantly get their way fit than I remember them having before. You're just home more. It might be. But You're having that more. grace for them of remembering that, you know, you or they are going through something. Yeah. And that almost always their bad behavior isn't aimed at me and my bad behavior isn't aimed at you is... You know, they're not trying to hurt your feelings. No, they're, just, they're so not. Their little bodies are filled with such big emotions and they're just exploding. I think that there is actually a point where this does switch over, where I think when your kids get to a certain age, 
they start to realize how to push your buttons and they start to try to um, hurt you to get their way or be more manipulative. But we have our four and six year old, especially because our, our almost six year old is. He doesn't think that way. Um, I think our four year old will figure this out a lot quicker. Um, <laughs> but our six year old quite genuinely when he is having um, when he's having a fit or when he's losing his mind, it is never to hurt one of us mm-hmm. it, and, and neither is our foils but just the, uh, like i said i think that's probably because he just hasn't developmentally figured it out yet i think well, he will by the time he's, he's six. the one who wanted the green milk cup and when we told him he couldn't have the green milk cup he had to drink the milk out of the cup we gave him he walked over to his brother and said here dane this milk is for you and then came back to us and was like <laughs> i need milk now might as well get it out of the green cup but, but yeah and the other thing too is the he's thing a about clever one the them having a hard time versus giving you a hard time um, one of the things that I've really realized lately is um, I do believe that being very consistent in parenting is very important um, and that I, uh, I ha- we have the philosophy that Levi never wins or that, you know, neither kid ever wins, but it's never an issue with Dane. Um, but um, there have been a couple of times when we have either been out late or he has been sick or he has been uncomfortable or messed up for some other reason. And you can just look at your kid and you know, you are not in your right mind. This is not the time to teach you a lesson. I'm just going to figure out how we can get through this. Um, not, not usually with totally giving in to whatever they're having the fit about, but, but reaching some kind of compromise that I otherwise would never make with him <laughs> because I'm like, he's, he's not, he is not acting out of um, like human intellect. <laughs> like he is running completely on um, exhaustion or emotion or whatever trauma from being cooped up in the house for 52 days in a row um that's not him number five take whatever parenting plan you have and throw it out the window i don't remember who said this to me but now i say it to everyone who has their first things will change immediately don't throw it out the window well i didn't have a parent i didn't have a plan who has a plan? We we had discussed values over time and there were some things that I like things that we discussed when I saw them actually like manifest themselves and I was like, "Oh, that's that's unfortunate and not going to continue." Um, but the the main thing is I, the reason I disagree with this in terms of um my only plan when I had the kids is that I made a deal with God and that if he would give me kids, I would give them back to him because it was like a big question of whether or not I would actually birth children. Um, so the plan was always to, to raise the kids for him. And um, that was the only real plan. And that is not a plan that I'm going to throw out the window anytime soon. And you just said, what you just said, actually, I think triggered in my mind, my thoughts on this, that is not. The plan we're throwing, or the plan we're keeping, it's the yeah, throw the plan out there. It's the values. Yeah. Keep the values of here's the kind of kids we want to raise, and here are some ways to do that. And then, as I said in the very beginning, your kid kind of comes out. You roll those dice, and that's the kid you get. And then you see what works with that kid towards the goal. Yeah. Don't make a plan of okay, we're going to ground him for this many minutes. Say okay, we want our kid to be respectful. Yeah. How do we teach that? How do we show that? How well, do we an indiv- punish that? In tailoring the plan to your individual kid is like the absolute key to that. Like just thinking of teaching them how to play piano. They're both in piano right now. And one kid um, 
is incentivized by I let him play 30 minutes of Mario Maker. And apparently if I do that, he races through every single, you know, like with piano, 95% of it is getting your kid to play the next song and not whine about it. And he like absolutely focused, pushes himself through each song, um, fixes his fingers when he needs to fix them. And then he goes and plays video games. The other one could have an absolute meltdown and I could open my hand with three jelly beans in it. And he sits on that bench like he's about to play at Carnegie Hall. He is like, it's just what motivates them. The, pl- the plan is to have, the, the goal is to have them play piano. Mm-hmm. The plan of how I got there is To is find out what motivates them. Very different than happen. I expected. <laughs> Number six. Transitions are hard. I had a caregiver once who used to say, transitions are hard. It's become my life and parenting not- mantra. She said it every time my babies moved from nap time, but I think every day when I end a meeting or need to come back from lunch. I like this one. I mean, it's true. It's yeah. obviously true. But it's it's, it's good, so obvious that it's... But it's good to remember. I guess it's it not wasn't obvious before I had kids, yeah. And it's not just... The author talks about transitions as far as waking up or you know moving from lunch to meetings or those kind of transitions. But I think as a parent, you need to remember how much big transitions, moving from preschool to kindergarten, moving from half day to full day, moving from having babies to having toddlers, those transitions are hard and they stress. And even if they're good and fun and you're happy about them, it still is that little weight that pulls you down a little bit to make the rest of life a little harder. Because the stress of change is, it's just a stress that humans have to deal with. This is like an interesting difference between us. Because when I think of transitions are hard, I think of like the like micro transitions of, we just have one kid that transitions between things very well. And one kid that will not, absolutely does not want to get in the pool, absolutely will not get in, does not want to go swimming today, and then gets in the pool, and will not leave, will not get out, does not want to put on their towel, will not get out of their swimsuit. And no matter where we go. I, I walk into the room, I leave the room with, at his grandma's and he cries. I come back into the room, he cries again. He doesn't want to transition from one thing to the other. When I think of the big transitions in our life that where um, Dane has started kindergarten or we have started preschool, for me, and I'm sure this is somewhat weighted towards me, they have all been circumstances that have made my life a lot easier. And so for me, transitions and and. The kids' fallout has not been noticeable, but for me, it's like, okay, great. Now I have 75% childcare. <laughs> now I have 90% childcare. Now I have, I mean, I, and I thought the start of kindergarten was so exciting and so fun. And I you just don't. Kindergarten has been exciting. It's just been weird because it wasn't expected. Um, but I just don't think transitions have been, big transitions have been particularly hard, at least in our experience. I'm not saying that big transitions are not hard for kids. I'm just saying that we're not, I'm not particularly experienced at it because I haven't felt that way about that so far. Number seven, give your kids your undivided attention or no attention at all. This advice by the amazing writer, Catherine Newman, literally changed my life. And I've included a whole section about it in my next book. Thank you. After I read that article, I made a concerted effort to do one thing at a time, either be with my kids or ignore them. 
It made parenting so much easier. Super unrealistic. Like, yeah. I, I mean... Who's got the time for that? I... Who's got just, the kids for that? No. Not who's got the time for it. That implies that you ignore your kid the whole time you're making dinner. You ignore your kid the whole time you're folding laundry. You ignore your kid when you're making their breakfast. And when I am... When How could you? They're always asking questions and they want to show you a picture. You look at their picture. They want to go color more. They want your attention. They don't always need your undivided attention. Yeah, I they mean, need you to be available. My, I don't think I've ever given my kids their, my undivided attention um, because I've always got fifty thousand other things going on in my mind. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I get what they're saying, and I understand that it is definitely important to give your kids like time that is for them, which has always been um, really evenings for us as a family, mm-hmm. and kind of like a, a weird morning amalgamation for me and 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 some afternoons really I do a lot of housework so it's like I get the idea that there needs to be time set aside for the kids but I'm not going to ignore them the rest of the time um and I've got a a literal crap ton of stuff to do I've been giving a lot more undivided attention because of the trampoline because Levi loves it and I always feel really bad and so I'll take him out on the trampoline and then you're kind of stuck on the trampoline with them, playing with them, talking to them, watching them do their tricks. I feel like that's where I've been giving undivided attention. But other than that, it's really hard. It's not just that it's hard. I mean, the, I guess the, the follow-up question would be, what would Jesus um, say about this? And I guess a better answer is, what would Fred Rogers say about this? <laughs> um, because I know what Fred Rogers would say about this. And we watched uh, Won't You Be My... Won't you be my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Um, the documentary about him. And when I watched it and the way he, and th- like, this is so contrary to what I just said. Um, but like, as soon as I reflected on it, the way he gives his undivided attention to children, the way he gets on their level, he lets them stumble slowly through the things they're saying out loud. And he doesn't think about the other things that he has to get done um, that he believes in the value of kids. And um, showing them love means having time and patience for them. Um, don't listen to me. Be like Fred Rogers and watch that movie and then just be like, I'm going to do that. Like, it's literally more of a feeling than a piece of advice. You have to go watch that movie and see him at work with kids to know how to be with kids. And my very cynical beginning of this answer I'm sure was. sure he had a list of a million things to do in his mind. He definitely was that type of person who had a list of there's a 900 things I have to still... do today, but he stopped. He just made time for them and gave them attention and gave them love, and gave them patience, and you do that with kids. I, 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 you know, I do it better when I'm on the clock than I do at home with our own kids. So I guess just be like Mr. Rogers. Number eight. When you have a baby, you don't become a mom. You add mom to your list of titles. I struggled with this for the first few weeks, feeling like all I was was a mom now. Don't get me wrong, I love being a mom. But I also love being a wife, a friend, a daughter, a mentor, etc. Don't lose yourself in motherhood. The same applies to dads. I will never lose myself in motherhood. <laughs> I guarantee that. And and you say that as a joke as the because of the way it was worded, but you will never men very seldom have this yes. problem. Oh, we did a whole episode on this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel no need to talk about this one. I tell 
I'm going to point you to the episode number. It's an important one, though, to remember that your kids are the biggest thing you're going to do and an important thing in your life, but they can't be your whole life. That's not fair to them or you. They need to be their own people. And at some point, they need to be able to, you know, fly out of the nest. And you need to be able to be a whole, complete person when they do. That was beautifully put, Joel. I'm going to tell you to ignore Joel and go watch <laughs> and go listen to episode 11 of this podcast um, called Get a Life, The Pitfalls of Finding Your Identity and in Your Role as a Parent Instead of in Christ. Um, I feel like ignore Joel is advice you give way too often. Now that is some great advice. And now we're going to get to my favorite part of the podcast. So that came up. For the past uh, 500 years, I have been (laughs) telecommuting more often than I normally would because we're trying to spread things out at work. And it means I'm home for lunch now. And to give Kathleen a break because her days are long, I've been making lunch. So I come out of my office, I make lunch, I spend lunch with the boys. That gives her a chance to not be with the boys for half an hour. So the other day I made corn dogs and we're sitting there eating our corn dogs and Levi walks up to me and says, dad, the dog is eating my corn dog. And I turned to our dog, whose name is Tribble and said, Tribble, no. And I yelled at the dog because I thought that's what I was supposed to do in the situation. Levi had other ideas. He looked up at me, blinked and said, dad, Tribble is hungry too. And then walked (laughs) off. (laughs) He wasn't telling me the dog was eating his corn dog to stop it. He just wanted me to know. <laughs> just FYI, Dad. Just so you know. The dog just ate a corn dog. Just in case. I don't know what was going through his little brain. They, they are who they are. And you yeah. have to adjust. And you know what? He doesn't like corn dogs very much. As he will tell you, he likes chicken nugget. <laughs> All right, chicken nugget. Pray us out. Lord, help us to follow you. Help us to hear uh, your advice, your direction, and see where you want us to go through the voices of the saints that you've put around us, through your Holy Spirit in us, and through your word. And in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos Pod at email.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos. <laughs>